If somebody says there's an NLP space race going on, that will have an impact on the language industry. Previously, all Sony localization was being outsourced to third parties, but now Sony's going to have the option of using Deluxe. And welcome to SlaterPod 66, a friendly hello from Zurich. Hello from London. Hey, so today we have no guest. How could that oh. happen? <laughs> uh, no, but but there's a good reason for yes. it. Because uh, we've been super busy lining up an amazing set of guests for the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not going to give any spoilers here, but it's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be quite the lineup for the next five weeks, so stay mm. tuned. Um, qu quite excited. So we have the next five, four or five slots confirmed, um, which is somewhat unusual. Um, but yeah, today, no no guest, but a lot of good things to talk about. And um, first, thanks for everybody who's following us on LinkedIn. We got 20,000 followers now. Cool. So... Andrew thought to do a flash sale, which actually, <laughs> so he wanted to. I saw that. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. And bargain. we, yeah, bargain 20% one day. Uh, some people took advantage of it. That that was great. Um, and yeah, for Slidicon Remote, another one week uh, to register. So, you know, uh, for, sorry, for the early bird. So go get the early bird full lineup of uh, sponsors and partners. We got We Localize, Blend, and that uh, Lil is now the networking sponsor. We also have like four exhibi exhibition booths. What's mm -hmm. the plural of booths? Booths. I can't pronounce that. That's, that's no, it's a, a strange one. And, and an S. Booths. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, that's that's too much. <laughs> I, can barely, too much. I can barely say it. So yeah, don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, the, this, the, the TH is too much for any... Uh, German speaker. So, mm. hey, I was I was in another podcast that came out this week with Kimon Funtukidis, oh. our very first yeah. guest. So he, he returned to favor. And uh, Richard yeah. Lucas, his business partner. So Kimon, you know, Argus Multilingual founder and chairman. Uh, he's doing with, with his business partner, Richard Lucas. Uh, I think both are, are still based in Poland primarily. And, mm. and they're doing a um, an entrepreneurship and leadership podcast. So I was guest. That was okay. great. Um, finally, um, oh, not finally, but it was, uh, it was interesting to be on the other side of the interview table. So for anybody who needs more, uh, <laughs> podcasting from, 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 from our side, go and check this out. Uh, it's a very different discussion, of course, than, um, than what we do here. Esther, what are we going to talk about today? What's on the agenda? Well, on the agenda today is, uh, top performing LSPs among the listed LSPs. For Q1, um, a news that Motion Point, the US-based company, has got private equity investment, and some more M&A and funding news. We had uh, Deluxe, a media localization company, who has acquired a unit of a different company, um, and Bloomberg. Some comment from Bloomberg talking about dubbing specifically in the US. There you go. So we've got stock market news, investment news, and media localization news. Um, yeah. But first, um, I got a new theory, Esther. Let's hear I call it. it the, sup the super cycle. Uh, well, I'm okay. not going to talk fully <laughs> through it, but basically it's something I'm going to be presenting at the uh, first at uh, EU ATC, the T update conference on April 16th. So that's yeah. next week. Oh my God. That's uh, right around the corner. 
And then, of course, it's SlaterCon as well. So I call it the super cycle. I think we're heading into a quite an exciting time for the industry in the next three to five years. I mean, there's just so mm. much going on on the technology side. But even more exciting than the past three to five years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because now these things are actually getting... Now these things are getting into production. People have re kind of re I don't know rebuilt their supply chains, whatever you call it, right? I mean these models are getting mm -hmm. mature. Uh, you know the workflows have been built. Uh, so I think it's extremely exciting, and and the demand just goes up and up and up. I mean we've you yeah. know just so many data points around that. I mean just look at DeepL's traffic. I mean there's just an enormous amount of. Uh, demand for for localization, for translation, for language services, and this whole mm. kind of new uh, revolution around natural language processes is, is going to make uh, you know the scene a lot more exciting. Obviously, there's going to be yeah. losers, uh, the people that can't or companies that can't keep up. But there's an entirely new crop of companies that that's going to uh, to come up, or of course, existing players that know how to adapt. So mm. yeah, I'll be talking about that. I, I you know named it the super cycle. Um, so. I think I got that from some crypto uh, news outlet. Um, so, you know, it's something I, I stole, but I think it's it fits yeah. well to the language Forest, industry yeah. as well. <laughs> Going to the existing ecosystem of yeah. more established players mm -hmm. that are listed on the stock exchange and so give us uh, always something to talk about. Um we did a bit of a comparison how they fared this year, year to date. It's about yeah. it's a handful of companies, about eight companies. So who's number one this year? So year to date from January 2021, um, best yeah. performing is Zoo Digital. Yay. Yes. Yay. And they, I think we talked about this last week, they recently raised uh, $10 million in a share placement last last week, I think. But um, yeah, I can't see the dates unfortunately but it looks like there was a spike around sort of like early february or something i don't know what what that was re re uh, reacting to probably but yeah, results. So they are, they're up a, i'm sure yeah there was probably some results so i think it was maybe their their sort of updated forecast or something um anyway they're yeah. about 60 70 percent ahead of where they were at the beginning of the year so that's pretty good pretty good so far 70% this year, that's a good investment. So if I had put 100 bucks in yeah. at, at the beginning of the year, I'd have 170 now. So that's not bad. Um, Rosetta yeah. is number two, the Japanese company, machine translation company that translates their financial results using their own machine translation and that uh, has banned staff from speaking uh, any foreign language at the office. Anything right? other so, than their native language. Yeah. Anything other than their native yeah. language. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you said. So they're up roughly 30%. Uh, Hunyaku Center, the Japanese one, is up 20%. RWS is up marginally, maybe like 15%. And then mm -hmm. um, Straker is uh, roughly even, roughly flat for the year. Keyword Studios down a little bit. AI Media down uh, quite strongly, Appen. like at 20%. And Appen's down like 30%. Now, that is, fallen, that is. fallen a fair yeah. amount, haven't they, Appen? Oh, they've fallen 50%. There's now half, yeah. uh, roughly yeah. half, maybe even more from the peak uh, in the middle of last year. Mm. And that's just, I mean, we spoke about it before, probably because of a lot of competition, um, probably the, the growth wasn't as fast as investors had priced in. Um, but again, mm. for the broader language industry, this is not 
I mean, it's not a major bellwether. It's basically, um, I mean, they're, yeah. they're active in very different in a very different business. It's still interesting to track, of course, because we the state mm -hmm. of AI is is a market for for the industry. Um, also, if you look at the, the the chart since 2020, the beginning of 2020. So we'll, yeah, what we just mentioned before was more like year to date or was year to date. And if you look further back, Sue Digital is up as well. It's basically the top performer. Mm -hmm. Keywords is a lot stronger though. So zoo and keywords, so media and gaming, right? Yeah. Despite everything, uh, and well, not despite everything in the gaming space, that didn't take a single hit. Uh, but the media space obviously uh, was struggling with all those production stops. So zoo, mm. well, no, still one of the beneficiaries because of the remote dubbing. From really traditional LSPs, RWS, flat both year to date or roughly flat and flat even since 2020. So, um, but of course they absorbed the entirety of SDL. That's right. Yeah. Look, generally the last, well, you know, year or so, no outperformance by the bigger LSPs. Uh, that, I think mm. that was somewhat different in 2017, 2018, if I'm, if I'm correct. So let's see. Um, they're probably also a bit under pressure in the market's view from uh, a lot of these uh, kind of exciting new startups that are getting funded and that that are uh, you know obviously competing with them now. So mm. yeah, congrats to Zoo. Uh, they 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 had this massive spike back in 2017 or 18, I think. Then uh, kind of yeah. fell a little bit, and now now they're back. And uh, you know, it's good. But good it's really been this year. I mean, they also I think had quite a tough. Stockwise, they had a sort of a tough time. Obviously, in 2020, they dipped like everybody else in in March and kind of recovered somewhat towards the end, of, like to the end of the year. But it's really in 2021 that we've seen this this spike up to sort of yeah. 60, 70 percent. So, and Straker yeah. is also quite flat. And AI media is interesting. I mean, we spoke about them. Yeah. Um, you know, the captioning, subtitling, etc. Since they went IPO, I think, I mean, they went IPO, hang on, let me just look like at July, this. this I think like, it's July or September 2020. Yeah. And now they've been, they're down 40%. So they are still, mm. I mean, they're not profitable. So it looks like investors probably would have expected a bit of a, um, you know, better performance on the financial results. And now they're, you know, they haven't delivered yet. And so they're down mm. quite, quite heavily. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're probably going to announce some results somewhat soon. Mm. All right, moving to Motion Point, to beautiful Florida, where everyone seems to be going these days. Everyone wants to go to Miami. Um, Miami has opened up. All the VCs are going there. Uh, we're not. <laughs> we're staying here. <laughs> not yet. <forever. laughs> staying here forever. Wait, I guess you guys can maybe travel somewhat soon. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, we shall well, see. Who, who's in Florida? Uh, Motion Point. So okay. motion motion point space in uh, in Coconut Creek, Florida, if I remember correctly, and they got Sounds an investment delightful. by, yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> um, yeah, delightful Coconut Creek in Florida. So they a motion point got an investment from major private uh, major investment from a private equity firm called Lightview Capital, uh, based in maybe slightly less delightful New Jersey. Though I have to admit, I've never been to New Jersey. Um, 
And so Motion Point is kind of a leading, not kind of, it's a leading website localization platform, um, subscription mm. SaaS, kind of B2B and, and tech-enabled service. So, you know, they, they have the subscription element, they have the tech-enabled service, and it's very large. How, how large are they? they, they I think they just did disclose some figures to us, right? Yeah, they told us they were around $50 million in revenues in 2020 um, and that they have uh, about 150 full-time employees, so pretty sizable. Got it. So 150 for 50, I mean, 150 staff for 50 million kind of indicates quite heavy tech business. I think if you're 50 mm. million on a, on a service side, you're, you'd be too be lightly staffed. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of, again, indication that they're, they're quite techy and subscription um, SaaS based. So the whole thing is based around the proxy technology um, uh, that, that was, you know, very, a lot of people talked about it, I think, when, when around 2014, 15, maybe even a little bit earlier. Yeah. But Motion Point is really the most advanced or definitely among the most advanced players in the space uh, website proxy, right? So it's uh, if you have a heavy-duty website, uh, you can translate it um, or Motion Point can translate it uh, quite, quite well, very smoothly for you. So uh, so the CEO, uh, Will Fleming, told us that Lightview couple management have a controlling interest in the company. And Lightview, you know, they're focused on these what they call lower middle market uh, businesses, B2B services businesses. Although I think if you take kind of the technical definition of lower middle market, that would be like companies up to 50 million in revenues. And I mean, Lightview is okay. probably more heading into the middle market segment. So mm -hmm. they said, look, Motion Point ticked all the boxes. They're profitable. They're growing. They got this tech enabled service uh, to it and strong recurring revenue, high customer retention. Um, you know, once you select the provider and, and you go deep, um, you kind of select them, it's probably, it's very mm -hmm. sticky, I'd assume. Super right? sticky. Yeah. yeah. I think that yeah. was one of sort of the, the, like people who are detractors of the, this style of website localization point that point out that that is one of the problems. So that's what they would highlight to customers as being, you know, well, once you've gone with a provider, it's really difficult to switch, but obviously from motion points perspective, that's great it's because fantastic. customers stay with them. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, they did say they, um, yeah, they have the tech-enabled service. They have the TMS part of it, end-to-end -end translation. Uh, they also partner with LSPs for the service. They said they partner with uh, LSPs for the translation service. And the, the mm -hmm. team of engineers works to maintain, quote-unquote, the look and feel of the translated sites as the origin sites evolve. I mean, you're updating constantly your, your origin sites. And then uh, Motion Point kind of takes the you know, the heavy lifting off your shoulders and, 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 and localizes it um, in an agile manner. So they, they also mentioned that they're going to be doing some M&A as part of the strategy now, or they're looking at M&A potentially. So certainly cool. an interesting yeah. transaction. I'd expect to hear a lot more from Motion Point going forward. Uh, so far within kind of the language industry, kind of the narrow language industry, they, they've been relatively under the radar, I suppose, but mm. now uh, with this one, they 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 may. Uh, well, you know, has it all been hear... sort of organic growth to fifty mil as well? I don't think they've done much in the way of acquisitions, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't remember. No, mm. nothing that that uh, comes up for me. Mm. More M and A, but this time in the media space and kind of adjacent though. But since uh, the company that bought is a key player in media mm. lock, uh, what are we talking about, Esther? Yeah, I guess adjacent, but not, depending on what level you're, you're looking at this. But we've got um, Deluxe 
um, who is a, a massive name really in, in the media and entertainment space. It's a, among other things, a media localization provider. They've acquired a division of Sony Electronics called New Media Solutions or NMS for short. Um, so this was a deal that closed the 31st of March. Um, it's really a technology based uh, acquisition, I suppose. So um, Sony NMS is sort of an, a, a workflow uh, platform. They kind of enable digital supply chain management, which is quite in line with you know, what Deluxe is doing. Um, so, I mean, Deluxe's end-to-end um, media, media management, uh, supply chain management, and including sort of cinema, including distribution, and in terms of what we're interested in, including uh, localization. Um, I mean, I think there are a couple of things that are interesting here. Um, Deluxe does have a sizable localization uh, segment in providing subtitling and dubbing already. Um, this, I think one, one comment that came out from the Sony side was um, from Sony's SVP of M&A and corporate development saying, this is an important opportunity for Sony Pictures to extend our partnership and work even closer with a key supplier. So this is Sony, which is effectively a client of Deluxe previously. Hang on, Th this saying, is the, yeah. sorry, this is the M&A corporate dev person from Sony? From Sony, yeah. So they obviously so the, still plan to work alongside Deluxe, Deluxe having been a key supplier of Sony. This is Sony Pictures, Entertain, Pictures Entertainment. So that's the seller, huh? Interesting. That's the okay. seller saying, actually, yeah. you know what, this is going to bring benefits for us as well. And when we spoke to the COO of Deluxe, Warren Stein, he was telling us a bit about why it might bring benefits to Sony as well. So what he said was that, well, Sony, for their part, don't have any localization capabilities in-house. So previously, all Sony localization was being outsourced to, to third parties. But now Sony's going to have the option of using Deluxe, Deluxe's end-to-end -end workflow, which obviously includes localization, like we've said. Um, so it's kind of a, it's, it's maybe an atypical acquisition because hmm, i mean what yeah. we more commonly see in the market is especially media localization is either consolidation i.e are you know buying bti buying sdi or this kind of well still consolidation but buying up a lot of smaller recording and dubbing studios like we saw transperfect do in 2019 like i think vsi recently bought a, a dubbing studio in uh, in brazil as well so this is technology and it's buying from a client or yeah, buying from a media production house. You know what we should do? We should bring like a kind of a more media supply chain expert on the pod at some point to just kind of walk us through the pre-localization and the post-localization stages of this. Cause this is, uh -huh. you know, yeah. And, and how it fits together. So, mm. because also when we spoke to, um, you know, they also mentioned they're kind of mm. going broader, right? And adding all these other components. So it would be interesting to understand. How, how big is yeah. Deluxe, including some of these other businesses? Do we know? Yeah. So, well, they didn't share what revenues for 2020 are, but they told us they're forecasting revenues of more than $400 million in 2021. 
that that's and they other that, stuff than localization right that's other, exactly that's yeah. that's the entire that's the entire company uh, and they said Got that it. would be strong strong growth from 2020 okay well they may get busier as americans consume more uh well, what do you call it? Non-American uh, entertainment content. Non so non-English non original. Ooh, non-English. Imagine. <laughs> um, but so, what was that story about? You picked up something on Bloomberg around like that dubbing is really kind of uh, uh, that Americans are embracing dubbing. What was that about? Yeah, I can't remember where this came from, but I think I I stumbled across it over the Easter weekend. Um, so it was a nice, interesting read there um, from Bloomberg. It was talking about. Um, yeah, streaming services pushing um, programming that's coming from countries other than the US around the world. Um, and that because of that, voice acting is becoming a growing industry. And that one quote I liked was, even Americans are embracing dubbing, which I thought was mm. quite funny. <laughs> but they sort of use Netflix and one particular program on Netflix, the Lupin, the French one, I think we might have talked about before, um, as a bit of a case study. Um, they were saying Lupin is the first French show to crack Netflix's top 10 list in the US. Um, I think it might have been um, Chris Fetner who was talking about this. I don't remember. Maybe something else. But um, and he was uh, sorry, the article was saying that Lupin had been in the top 10. This is in February in 12 countries, including... Austria, Croatia, Lebanon, Nigeria, and Uruguay. And 86, most people who watched the show on Netflix, most people who watched, Net, who watched Lupin were watching it using subtitling or dubbing. Yeah. So only 14% presumably watched it in French with no subtitling, no dubbing. I got to say, that's not a perfect indicator, though, because currently I'm watching a, a German yeah. show and I got subtitles on. I don't even know why. I think there's like one. No, I actually, I remember th there's one character who's kind of hard to understand. And maybe it's the acoustics <laughs> in my living room or something. I, I just. Right. It's kind of a fail safe. Like I just have it on and it's somehow more convenient. But yeah, it's in German. Yeah. So. Anyways. Wait, so you're so. saying that's not indicative of the fact that dubbing is. Is more is more popular in the U.S. Now. No, no, no. I mean, basically, what they're saying here is eighty six percent of the people who watched Lupin have subtitles yeah. or dubbing on, kind of implying that yeah. they're non native French speakers. My point here is that even if you are a native French speaker, maybe you still yeah. have subtitles on. You're not going to watch the dub well, version, of course. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, either way, like the demand is still there. You know, yeah, like yeah, sometimes yeah. I, I put subtitles on when I'm drying my hair and I want to watch something in English. <laughs> So yeah, there's definitely actually, more than one more than one use case for for putting on subtitles or closed captions for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then there's this lovely quote that uh, Brian Pearson, VP at Netflix, said: um, "Sometimes it's a surprise to folks in Hollywood, but only about five percent of the world's population speaks English natively." Yeah, yeah, oh, shocker. That's true. yeah. <laughs> shocker. Uh, yeah, but they would. I think when it comes to the U.S. in particular, they were saying that uh, the US in the past maybe has shunned foreign language programming. Um, at what level that is, it, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's sort of audiences or whether it's kind of companies. Um, but they were now, they were saying that now, it's an interesting statistic from Netflix, that the average US viewer watches three times as much dubbed content as they did in 2018. And that voiceover is now outpacing subtitles as subscribers' preferred way of watching foreign language programs, apparently. Hang on. Uh, 
voiceovers now outpace subtitles as subscribers prefer to watch. Well, what kind of programs then? That's like documentaries or no? Just on the whole. I oh, they I mean, mean voiceover I, would be like including dubbing. I would they think just, so. Yeah, they didn't really okay, specify in the article, yeah. but I assume it also means dubbing. Yeah. All right. That's it from the uh, media front. Just a quick. Uh, closer here uh, that maybe supposed to tie in with my super cycle uh, excitement <laughs> here and again I'm, I'm so sorry to talk about this again uh, don't tune out GPT-3 <laughs> update uh, there was an article in, in a, a, um, well what is it a publication called Singularity Hub so mm. they say now there's over 300 apps and counting already using G well apps or companies right using GPT-3 uh, that natural mm -hmm. language process uh, model and th that this uh, the system, well, the algorithm is generating and now, now wait for that, 4.5 billion words a day. And so remember when uh, we did that test on, I think it was Copy AI? Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks also, ago, last week maybe. Yeah, yeah, so they also run on GPT-3. So, you know, that includes the words that... Uh, that I generated there. So a, a small part of the 4.5 <laughs> yeah. billion words. And then helpfully, Singularity Hub is giving us uh, kind of some context to that. So they're saying that each month, users publish around 70 million posts on WordPress. Uh, that's including Slater because we're also on WordPress, um, mm. which is like 30% of the, the internet roughly in terms of the CMS um, usage. Anyway, long, long story short, they're saying WordPress users generate about 1.8 billion words a day on WordPress, on the entire internet. So three times, roughly three times, like GPT-3 already generates three times more words than all the WordPress users combined. <laughs> that is uh, wow. that's a lot. That is a lot. So they, and then there's also this, this whole, I don't even want to go into it because I don't understand it, but there's this kind of <laughs> open source thing around GPT, like it's called GPT-Neo. So there's all of these other kind of NLP offshoots going on. And uh, Alexander Rush at Cornell University, he said, there's a tremendous excitement right now for open source NLP and producing useful models outside of big tech companies. And then, quote unquote, there is a, mm -hmm. so, there's something akin to a an NLP space race going on. Yeah. And, you know, we in the language industry, we can dismiss this as like Florian just going off on some random tech thing because he doesn't have to manage projects every day. Yeah. But... I mean, if somebody says there's an NLP space race going on, that will have an impact on the language industry. It's natural language yeah. processing space race, millions and millions and maybe even billions invested and hundreds and hundreds of super smart people starting company and researching this. So yeah, you, you mm. really want to keep tabs on that. Do you know what? Somebody, so I did a, a panel discussion at XTRF Summit last this week last week um and there was a question from the audience about how big do you, how big an impact do you think um gpt3 is going to have so either they've been uh, listening to you <laughs> or well, think, you know it's yeah, slowly uh, people are people are asking the question i think some at least one person is there thinking about that the, the people science, should be building so, on it us. people should yeah. be building on it i'm sure there's something you can do with this um so you know next level frontier stuff, but definitely something to keep a, more than one eye on. Um, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it for today. Again, super excited about next week's guest, which you, uh, you know, we'll learn about next week. So stay tuned. Stay Take care tuned. guys.